minutes. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good morning and welcome to our emergency podcast episode 284 of the HHH Racing Podcast as we're going to be talking about the huge day tomorrow, Sunday at Woodbine. It is King's Plate Day. Only 17 horses in the race and an incredible all-stakes pick five from races six through 10 at Woodbine tomorrow, Sunday. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button, bottom right-hand side of the screen, hit the notification bell so that you know a new content will rise. And I mean, smash that like button. You can follow me on Twitter at hkravitz and down below email is scrolling hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. You can listen to these shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Great power picks. Look below the video player for our tip sheet information on our regular power picks. There's only two weekends left for the Saratoga-only power picks. If you are not subscribed to Saratoga Power Picks, you need to do it. And starting Monday through Thursday of next week, you can subscribe for the one weekend only uh, unbelievable card with Travers on Saturday and great cards Friday and Sunday. Again, look below the video player. Go to our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. We have many people that are subscribed for the full meet, but you can also subscribe for weekends only. Again, look below the video player. Travers week, we're going to have it covered like a glove. There's our uh, website for the podcast, hhhracingpodcast.com. Let me bring on my two fantastic co-hosts for today. They are, man, I thought Peter Thomas Ford's hell was one of the hardest working people uh, in the business. But no, these guys are working their butts off. Just fresh off the great Saratoga Today morning show, the host of Saratoga Today from this morning and the host of Betten and Boozin, Mr. Cal Rosso, and the Prince of Massachusetts, well, new name, why not? And also, of course, wonderful journalist from the Saratoga Special, Mr. Paul Halloran. Man, you guys are working hard this morning. How are we doing? Someone asked to. I just want to say this for everyone know out there. I think it's really important. We're going to have a lot of people watching. We really appreciate it for coming off the Saratoga Today morning show and you're watching our doubleheader the second half. Thank you very much. Or even if you're watching this later as a replay audio or video, of course, we appreciate it. I sent out an email. This was sort of a last second decision. I decided, you know what, Woodbine guys, this is the biggest day of the year for them. We really need to give respect to Woodbine. It's a great uh track and the, the card tomorrow is outstanding on Sunday, especially the all stakes pick five. And just so everyone at on a home knows when these, when I have these emergency or sort of last second podcasts, I just throw out an email to all my hosts and say, guys, who wants to come on? I'll be happy to do it myself. Kyle, you and Paul just complete volunteer to come on. Cause we love talking horse racing, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing better, right. Than talking to horses on a Saturday morning. You know, you got Saratoga, you got Delmar Oaks later, Got Woodbine Sunday. There's nothing better. Well, we know Paul's very busy, but I'm sure you got nothing else better to do there up in Appleton. So uh hey, I got I got I got a drink later today. That's what I gotta do. Oh well <laughs> Wow. What do you have that? Is that on your Google calendar, by That's the way? On my, yeah, I wrote it in. I got it uh wow. me and my friends, we all got it uh, penciled into our calendars. That's pretty scary. Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh Paul, you guys did a great job with Saratoga, but we were talking about Woodbine and Paul, uh the the King's Plate, formerly Queen's Plate, of course, with the passing of the Queen and now becomes the King's Plate, um, has been – actually, I, I suppose it was the King's Plate at one point, right? But I have to go back to the history books for that. Um, is a great race. Before we get into the Woodbine, though, I forgot to mention, guys, Tuesday night, Paul, and I'm going to bring it up on the screen. Wow. It is Italian night here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Please tell everyone at home, especially our audio – uh, listeners who can't see the screen, what is happening this Tuesday night here on the podcast? Well, we are going to have Jenna Antonucci, the history-making trainer of the Belmont Stakes winner, Archangelo, who is really, you know, if I, if I had a pick of the Travers, a horse in the Travers today, which I don't, uh, that would be my pick, really training well uh, into the race. Uh, Jenna will join us. Uh, 
right after the post position draw, Howard, uh, as I we noted, post yes. position draw is at five thirty. So we will know who's in the race and what post positions. Yeah. Uh, we're expecting a large and competitive field, and then uh, we uh, on the right after Jenna, we have our good friend Rich Migliori, who we had a chance to spend. Uh, some time with at Saratoga. I know you probably spent more time with them, but had a chance to spend a, a little time with them at the wonderful fundraiser hosted by uh, Acacia Clement for uh, aftercare. Yep. And uh, yeah, Richie is just what you see is what you get. You know, he, he was a, he's a borderline hall of fame jockey. You could make a case for him. He's excellent on TV and everything he does and says is, you know, with the best interests of the game at heart. So uh, we're looking forward to, to that show uh, Tuesday. Absolutely. Also saw uh friend, Anthony Stabile uh, at, at Novi as well. And uh, we did. Yes. Well and we're all rooting. And, and aren't we all rooting for Anthony to, to I, I, show I back up on the scene? I don't, I don't see why not. Uh, we're not going to rehash Absolutely. the whole situation. But nope. we, wish, we wish good Just things rooting for him. Absolutely. Yep. Wish good things for Anthony Stabile. All right, guys. Let's get right into uh, this pick five. Now the pick five we're going to be talking about as I go ahead and bring it up on the screen and Kyle, this is probably a conversation for outside of the live show here, but for some reason I can't share my screen normally. I have to use like the middle button. So I'll have to talk to you about that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know what's going on. Weird. I had an issue with the last show, but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yep. Everyone, you guys can see that fine. Correct. Uh, on screen there, the upper base. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we're good. So, um, Really good pick five. I don't know if it's a. It's not the latest pick five. I don't think it's a mm-hmm. huge card. They also have a massive carryover. I believe it's Sunday tomorrow for the super high five in the last race, which we're not going to talk about because uh, the last race is race thirteen. But a lot of things going on at Woodbine. We're going to talk about the all stakes pick five starting in race six. This is races six through ten and. Kyle, nice thing for people that don't want to spend as much money. It is a 20 cent base bet up in Canada. Um, although I will caution, sometimes people spread too much, Kyle, just as they can. That's not yeah. always the best thing to do. No, I mean, obviously, as you guys know, my opinion on that is, you know, you press up your best opinions and when you just adding horses for the sake of adding horses, I mean, yeah. it, the, at its base, you're just wasting away your money and wasting away what would be a bigger win to have more more coverage in the race i get it you know it's a feel-good thing it makes you feel um like you have more coverage you know if you're wrong then you have five different horses but press up your opinions and make the most amount of money you can at least yeah. that's the way i see it the weather's gonna be fine it's gonna be warm again if you're watching live here on saturday morning this is a show time we don't usually use please spread the word get your Call your friends, uh, tell them to watch the show live here. Let's get a very active chat. Guys, the first race of the pick five tomorrow Sunday is race six. It's the catch a glimpse. This is six and a half furlongs for the girls. I believe want to double check that. Yes, this is for the girls. Six and a half furlongs on the turf. It's a field of 11. Now, guys, let me bring on screen a few quick things. There are a few horses cross-entered, as you probably noticed, between this race and a race a few um, uh, yep. uh, race nine, I believe, uh, race eight. Excuse me. I think it's race eight. These yeah. are the these are the preps for the win and you're in one mile turf races they're going to have next month. So these are very important races. The horses that are cross-entered, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, are the five rated jam and the eleven dancing duchess. The five and eleven in this race are also cross-entered in race eight and had, it would have a huge effect, at least in my opinion, on your pick. So we don't know what's going to happen with that. You'll have to pay attention there. Um, let me go ahead and put our picks on the screen right now, assuming these races hold together. And I will say guys that I have some pretty strong opinions uh, in these races and whether they're good or not, we'll find out, but let me go ahead and put on the screen. There's our picks right now uh, for race six. The morning line favorite is the number seven living magic for Schoenthal and Gallardo. And Paul's the only, actually only one that even has the seven in our top three. So Paul, let's go to you first, since that is your top choice, living magic. Yeah. I just wanted to speak first. That's why I wanted to be the only (laughs) one to pick him. Of course. Um, You know, Schoenthal, uh, I, I, is good. Uh, I like 
that justifies going uh, on the turf. This horse uh, won on synthetic and is going on to the turf, as you know, as a lot of them are. Um, I'm not thrilled about having the favorite in a, in a race like this, and you'll see in my picks. My second pick is a is one of the longest shots. Uh, so, in a race where I didn't have a strong opinion, and uh, you know, not thrilled about having the favorite. Uh, that 77 on synthetic, I think it would trans uh, would transfer a well, and again, uh, you know, uh, by justify out of uh, an English, uh, an Irish uh, mare uh, who was by an English stallion, uh, I-, I think the turf will be no problem. Now, I'm sure you guys did your deep dive and studying. I, I thought. Don't um, be no. that sure, Howard. It's a long week. Don't be that sure. Doing a lot, right, man. So we had two cards. Don't be that sure. Might Paul be shouting. <laughs> All right, so Paul spent two minutes quick handicapping and just threw out some crap out there. Kyle and I, on the other hand, deep dive. No, I'm just kidding, Paul. I thought there was a lot of replay watching guys in these races. You really got to pay attention to. And, Kyle, obviously, I'm pretty sure you watched a replay we got to bring up because you have the 11 on top in this race who's coming out of the living magic race i have the 11 second let's watch the replay of the living magic race and paul i like your pick but um i have to respectfully disagree i actually thought dancing dust a duchess who finished second actually ran better than living magic kyle let's talk about the three and the six the three is me dancing dusts the six is living magic i'll let you talk about it right here yeah. the three's on the inside the six has the lead and you'll see the three's going to come up three. sorry two path right here no you're good no worries the three's actually going to come up towards the inside here uh is going to give her a, a really nice ride but he has to wait very long and the thing that i like about this race um once she starts going she starts coming up pretty strong here in the last few hundred yards or a few hundred meters, excuse me, if you're in Canada, but um, she comes on really nice late, which I think coming on the stretch out to the turf, I think could really help dancing Duchess and Howard is right. I did do my, um, I had to, if I was on a show with Howard, I had to do my deep dive into the replays, but dancing Duchess, I think on the stretch out to the turf could be extremely dangerous. And um, I would hope I would get something more than seven to two, but seven to two is not a bad price at all. Well, let's look at the pedigree. Now, a Duchess Dancer, sorry, we're, we, uh, oh, Duchess Dancer is the dam. Okay, so the dam, <laughs> that's confusing. That's a little the confusing. The dam, Duchess Dancer, was really nothing special. But you go to the siblings, the, the progeny, safe conduct. We know this horse. Paul, we know this horse. This horse has run all over the country. Real nice we do. horse. Although more two turns, classic Dancer was a, a decent uh, Ontario bred. So, there's breeding here. The fact that, you know, safe conduct is a half. To me, distance might be dancing, dancing Duchess's friend. And I do like the replay. I think this horse was coming after uh, the seven uh, in today's race, Living Magic, and actually just ran as well. Kyle, why don't you also talk about the 10? Now, it's a little confusing. The nine is Air Rosa. The 10 is just plain old Rosa. I agree with you. Man, uh, Kyle, we're thinking alike. I actually like the 10 more than the nine, even though the buyers were slower. Talk about the time a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I just like the trip. I think the 10 kind of trips out in a race like this. Working well, obviously, you see Kevin Attard, who's very good at Woodbine, might I add. Um, Working out on the training track at Woodbine on the turf. This is another replay that's really good to watch. The one thing with first-time starters is, you know, that inside kind of in-between type spot is a little bit rough for these types of uh, two-year-olds. But you can see, I mean, she does it with absolutely flying colors. I mean, you just see her split horses there, split horses there, and she's going to come to the outside and just absolutely just strong move way on the outside around everybody. That, that to me, just spoke a lot of volumes. And even coming to... The turf on a little bit of a stretch out. Again, this is another one I think that only helps this horse. Uh, I love this visually. I, you said it so well. I mean, it is not easy to split horse, come inside, does it professionally. Beating this horse, did you check out the name, by the way, of that horse? I'll go back in case people didn't see it. What a great name. Y-M-C-A spelled out, you know, with full words instead of the acronym. Anyway, very creative. Not quite Wally World-esque, but, you know, anyway. I like Rosa. Also, I've got Rosa in third. The horse I've got on top is ready to jam. Six to one. I don't know if we're getting six to one. Again, we're going to be showing a lot of replays, at least just uh, 
small versions of the replays here. I thought the two was really impressive. Sometimes horses clunk up to win. Sometimes they just run down horses. I thought the two just flat out ran down the winner here. This was really impressive effort to me. You can see the two tip out, and this horse on the lead got a pretty good jump. Here's the two. You can see those wonderful Mark Cassie pink silks. Distance will be no problem. She is rolling down the middle of the track. To me, this is a very impressive effort, being a decent four strong wins. I just like the way that uh, I like her action here. She's closing well. This is my top choice. Uh, I think the distance, again, will suit her. Tough race. Paul, there's many ways you can go. I assume you're going to be sort of spready here on this one, if it holds together the way it is right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, my first crack at the pick five, I, I actually did have to cut down to four horses, <laughs> even in a 20-cent play. Yeah. So, yes, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, Cassie, I think, has about 35 horses entered tomorrow. So, yeah. you know, and, and Kyle, right on target. Kevin Attard is as good as anyone up there. He's probably right up there with Cassie. So, Take a long look at anything sent out by Cassie and Kevin Attard. And Paul, uh, Kyle, you mentioned Savachi, who is a, a rider that people don't know unless you follow Woodbine, but he's he's good. He's uh, 23% yep. at the meets this year and rides very often <clears throat> for Cassie. So if that's not a name that people don't know, people need to start paying attention <laughs> to Woodbine. I also want to mention this on the side note, Delmar is – canceled for tomorrow sunday due to hurricane hillary uh so there's no reason not to bet woodbine and of course you need to also for sure bet hawthorne our good friends at hawthorne proud sponsor of this show that late pick four you guys got to check it out because yep. it is huge fields i went over it with jim miller on thursday i'm definitely playing hawthorne tomorrow i play it most often anyway but i'm definitely uh, playing it for sure. Kyle, I see your message. I th appreciate that. I forgot that you have full access. You could just put it in yourself. So That's there right. you go. All right. Uh, let's go host on Privs. to the, I'm sorry. Said host Privs. There you go. Let's go on to the next race right here. Let me go ahead and switch the banners. There's the banners. There we go. Next race, grade three bold venture. These are for the older males. They are going six and a half furlongs, of course, on the Tapita. Nice field of 10. The morning line favorite is the number one, Candy Overload. There is Cassie and Savachi, a combination we've talked about quite a bit. I thought this was a pretty tough race. You see, we're a bit all over the map here. Kyle, I'm going to go to you first. You're going with the Florida bread, Old Chestnut, for Marty Drexler, who also has the number 10, Super Watson, with Kimura. Old Chestnut is ridden by David Carroll. This is a horse, or Declan Carroll. Declan Carroll, yep. Declan Carroll. This is a horse I've actually chased a few times. I'm not going to say I've been disappointed. He runs well, and you've got him on top here from the outside. I th I Personally, I like the move back to the Tapita. I think that will really help this horse, even though he did come out in the Highlander and get a 95 as well. But, I mean, I just think he trips out. I like the outside trip. Obviously, as you can see, I have both Drexlers, one, two, in this spot. And I know you guys don't have the 10 anywhere, but he's been working really forwardly to this spot. Drexler has pointed um, old chestnut back to the Tapita. And I think this spot just really suits him. Get a little bit of a stocky trip from the outside in the clear and hopefully can get a decent run at the top of the stretch. He looks like he's been getting more inside posts lately, except for the yep. last time. I only bring that up because he might not be able to save ground like he has before. That's true. I, I do like this horse quite a bit. Uh, he's six years old. I think there might be some more upside. Yeah, I don't have him in the top three. I do have old chestnut. Let me look at my notes as a B as in boy, though. So I do like old just chestnut for me. As well. Uh, sorry, one quick just since uh, since Marty took over for this horse, it just seems like something clicks. He um, he's ran three straight 95s and then a 91. Now coming back to the Tapita. Yep. I, I like you. I your point is definitely taken to where he might not be able to sit that inside trip. But I still think a two, three wide trip, at least around, because um, it is a pretty decent run up from six and a half furlongs at yep. Woodbine. So being able to work out a trip, I, I have trust in my Arlington legend, Declan Carroll, to work out a good trip. He's did not get a great trip in the Connaught Cup. That was a yep. weird trip in the stretch when Absolutely. Green Shake won. I believe, I don't know if we covered that. I think we did cover that race on this show. Uh, last month. I, I, I believe that was one of our mm -hmm. shows that we did, and I didn't have Dream Shake. I had like four of the horses in behind, including Old Chestnut, who sort of got screwed as well. Uh, Kimura, though, jumps to the 10. 
Yep. Quick thoughts there, Kyle. He had a choice. He goes with the 10. Which I guess you're not looking at that as a negative. No, and not, I mean, oh, it's always a little bit of a negative because Kamura is obviously the leading rider and he has been for a while up and yeah. at Woodbine. But Declan Carroll ran, rode this uh, horse back in May. So getting a, he still knows the horse. He still knows his tendencies. So being able to get a rider like that. But obviously, I have Kamura in second as well. I think the 10 is pretty interesting, but I don't think it necessarily, it definitely is a little bit of a negative, but not as much as people think. Okay. Um, interesting point there. Paul, you're going with the rail horse. Candy Overload has been very good, very consistent, low 90s. Let me go full screen. I have this horse in third. Should set a great trip. Good connections. Been off a little bit. Maybe that's a good thing. We'll see how that works out. You're going with Candy Overload. Yeah, excuse me, Howard. Yeah, I do think it's a combination of trip and race flow. Uh, this horse is a closer, so he's going to need some pace to run into, which I think uh, he will get. Um, I mean, you you have, you'll talk about the five. The five is definitely a right to the front type. Uh, a few of those, uh, one of those outside horses, Kyle was talking about, should be forward. Uh, it's it's not a it, on paper at least. It's not a a lightning fast race, but I think being down inside, uh, Kavachi will get the right trip. And I think if this adding a furlong, a half a furlong from his last two, if he gets just enough pace to, to close into, I think he'll be right there. I have a pretty strong pin this race, guys. I would normally be against a horse like the five great name, by the way, patches. Absolutely. This is a three-year-old Ontario, Ontario bread stepping up in open company. And stepping up in distance. So there are some questions here from a class and a distance perspective. But boy, guys, this horse looks loose as loose as loose as can be. I mean, if he breaks, I understand there's some nice horse in this race, but no one really, everyone, a lot of horses sort of like your one, Paul, they'd rather sit a few lengths back. This one, Fukumoto also knows the horse well, or sorry, the five, the five breaks, he's on the lead, guys, and he went seven furlongs before last year, was not very good at it, but he's a completely different horse this year, obviously. I'm just going to go with the speed of the speed, thinking this horse gets loose and wins. However, one of my price plays, and I already emailed it out to everyone. Talk about deep dive, guys. I watched some replays from Australia. That's right. Good day, mate. Uh, flag of honor. This horse, to me, is absolutely fascinating. And I'll say, I'll say this. I strongly believe the board's going to tell here. If this horse is like four to one, look out. You know, nine to two. If this horse is like eight to one, ten to one, probably not. I don't have any inside intel on this horse. I just know what I see. This horse is somewhat tactical, guys, at least in his races in Australia. He does not have to be too far back. Those are some good races. We all know the Australian sprinters are usually very good. This is a very lightly raced American Pharaoh gelding who's been has bullet works. I think this horse is absolutely fascinating. And you know what, guys? This is not some kind of killer major like graded stakes field that an outsider can't handle. This is again, I'm gonna see what the board looks like. I am absolutely fascinated with Flag of Honor. I think he's gonna get a great trip. I think this horse is gonna be flying late. Maybe the race doesn't set up. Any thoughts at all, guys? I know it's a lot of guessing there on my part, but I do like the bullet works. I like the fact this horse has been acclimated to Woodbine. He's been here for a while. Either one of you want to comment on Flag of Honor? Yeah, I'll go real quick. And Paul and I know a little bit about the guessing game as to this morning, as we were big fans of it. But no, Flag of Honor, I, I've your point's definitely taken. The two things I noticed about him was that Julia Carey uh, shipped him up to Woodbine, you know, three months ago, pointed to this spot in specific. So I really like that. It's been working really well. As you said, Australia's uh, sprinters are usually very good. And coming back to, I believe, what is this race? Six and a half, I believe. So he gets a little bit, you know, obviously he's been running on the turf, but he should take to the Tapita fine, especially based on the works. So if he shows a little bit of tactical speed to go after the five, I think he's definitely interesting. Paul, how can you not go with a horse that ran on September 10th in the Schweppes Ming Dynasty stakes? I mean, got to love the names. And I think that Tapita is going to work well. It's not as if the source didn't run great on softer turf, but I just have a feeling this, this, I mean, you can't call Tapita firm, but you know what I mean? It's not, it's a, it's a, it has given the ground, but there's definitely a, a firmer 
bottom to it. I just, I don't know. I think the source is fascinating. I, I would just like to say that if you have time to watch Australia replays, that the division of labor here is not being <laughs> done properly. That's what I'd like to say. Uh, full disclosure, that was at about 11.30 last night. Welcome welcome okay. to my world. I may or um, may not have been a live Australia race at 11.30 last night. So I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, you know, by American Farrell. You know, let's not yes. bury the lead here. Uh, you know, on yeah. turf, they're outstanding and, you know, synthetic, pretty similar. So, yeah, I have. Uh, and even, you know, even the morning line, 10 to 1 morning line, but, you know, the, the morning line odds makers giving a little bit of respect here. And I do agree with your point, Howard, that there's, at least on paper, there's no, you know, no one you're really going to be afraid to run against here. So, yeah, maybe we can get this uh, kangaroo to uh, clunk up for second or third. Wow. Calling a horse kangaroos and well, Australia. I knew we were going, Paul. When this horse blows by the five and candy overloaded the stretch at five to one, you guys you could tip my cap virtually and say thanks, Howard, for the I should have said hop up for a second. Hop up. My bit. Might be might be doing that also. This this ain't no kangaroo. This is a nice horse. Anyway, all right, let's go on to the next race here as I go ahead and switch our picks. Again, thanks for watching our special episode here of the all six pick five for Sunday at Woodbine. It's going to be a great day of racing Woodbine. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen, somewhat similar here for the next race. Now the next race we're going to talk about is the male version of the race six that we talked about. This race is the soaring free for the boys, 125,000 again, two year olds going six and a half, a prep, for the winning you're in one mile race that's going to be occurring next month. Right now, it's a field of 11 with the morning line favor the number one Rhapsody for Kevin Attard and Kashi Kimura. Again, we've talked about this. The dan- Dancing Duchess, the five, and uh, Ready to Jam, the four. These two are cross entered into the uh, Philly race in race six i don't know what you guys thought before we go to the pps i thought race six the phillies actually looked faster and better than the boys so i have no idea what they're going to do is that what you guys thought also i agree i thought that Paul. yeah and and it's a total guess but wouldn't you guess that maybe cassie runs one of them in the sixth and one of them here very astute any guess on which one? We have no idea. I don't know. I, who knows? Guessing game. Uh, that's actually a very good point. That would uh, seem very logical to me. Paul, let's go to – boy, you love the rail horses today. Let's go to Rhapsody, <laughs> the number one for Kamira and Atard. This is a fa- – this is a filly also, by the way. A fast filly in against the boys, not cross-centered in the filly race, which, I don't know, I found that a bit interesting. <clears throat> Maybe they – actually, I don't really know the reasoning why, but anyway – talk about Rhapsody this horse has a serious wire shot if she breaks from the inside against the he's careful Paul this is a tricky one get your drinks ready Kyle here we go Paul With Kyle and I are out of drinks from our first yeah, show that's today. True. That's true. yeah I, I just thought that this uh the, the way that she Rhapsody won her first race isn't necessarily that easy to do uh Pretty much wire to wire almost in a turf sprint, but a six furlong turf sprint. You know, we see a lot of fives and five and a halfs at Saratoga. We see them six and, and seven at Belmont. Uh, I think that the comment is fair. You know, this horse kind of dug in, um, didn't take all that much money, seven to one. Uh, going against winners for the first time is difficult, but there are what three, four, or five others in the same boat, uh, you know, so again, not, not a strong opinion, but I, I like a tired a lot. Uh, we talked about Kimura and uh, I think that uh, I just liked the way that I liked that debut. I agree. She's digging. Well, guys, you know, this is on the outside coming in third. Yeah. That's ready to jam. That's my top choice in race six who came back of course. And won. we saw her second start. So, the you got to flatter the form there of Rhapsody based on ready to jam. I agree, Paul. I like the way that she did it. Uh, it doesn't look like she was slowing down to me at all. Did it at a price 
nice month and a half in between her first and second start. I sort of like that also. Golden Sense, Medali Doro on the bottom side with the dam side. Lots to like here. Kyle, you've got her second. I've got mm-hmm. her second. Paul, you've got in second a horse pile. Call, uh, Kyle's got third. I've gotten third. There's ready to jam. Again, cross-centered, though. So I, I don't know if there's much to talk about, Paul. We just have to see where they go, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think if ready to jam goes in this spot, that yeah. you know, I, I, I definitely want to use her somewhere. I thought, I thought <clears> this. <throat> uh, I'm trying to think. I think this race had less speed in it, if I recall. So actually, I don't. If you see, I had right. This is weird, right, guys? I've ready to jam mm-hmm. winning race six, but actually finishing third in this race, even though I thought this race was weaker mainly all because of a pace perspective. I didn't think there's as much speed in this race. I know that's very confusing, which is why I have dancing Duchess who I have second in race six on top here. I know. I need to drink something strong because I think Bishiza or Bishizzle as Kyle likes to say, uh, with agent Jose Santos jr. Plug, which will be on, he'll be on the show too. I am going dancing Duchess. We already showed the replay from race six. Anyway, Kyle, I'll let you talk about anything you'd like to here. Please advise horse coming from uh, Belmont and and Monmouth with buyers that are unknown. Uh, this must be a George Weaver play, right? I one from me it is, but also <laughs> Please advise I just, me on this horse. The that maiden race that he's coming out of is very live. There's many winners coming out out of the Tyro where No Name Mets ship cadet yesterday, right. although it was on the dirt. Ship Cadet won by like three and a half, four, five, something along those lines yesterday. So the Tyro looks to be obviously with no name Mets as well, who was the, as Paul pointed out this morning, was the proverbial favorite in that race um, in the Skidmore. So please advise stretching out a little bit to six and a half out of a war chant mare and out of a, obviously Palace Malice. I think the more distance could help this horse. Been training at Saratoga for me, George Weaver. There's just so many places that George Weaver could put. Please advise, i.e., probably the Skidmore, but then he ships him up to Woodbine for this type of spot. I just think it's an extremely interesting uh spot for George Weaver. I agree. Just for point of fact, this is not uh suggesting your pick is 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 poor, Kyle, but the main special weight race uh that please advise won the horse that came back and won. Got 63 and 64 buyers. Not yeah. that fast, but they did come back and win. That does flatter the form of please advise. Guys, let's go on to the next race. Now, the penultimate leg of the pick five as I go ahead and sh- bring it up here right now. There it is. Let me go full screen. This is the Dance Smartly Stakes, grade two, mile and a 16th for the older girls. Nice field of nine. Moreline favorite is the number eight, Moira, the Queen's Plate winner from last year. So it's pretty cool, Paul and Kyle, that the Queen's Plate winner of 2022 is running on King's Plate Day 2023. Here comes our picks. This race seems to be pretty obvious about the seven and the eight. Paul, let you go first. Actually, we're all going to go against Moira slightly. We're going with Salima for Brown and Kamira, who won very well last time in her uh, 2023 debut. Yeah, this is a horse that Chad was very high on last year, high enough to ship her across the country to one in the to run in the grade one, <clears throat> excuse me, American Oaks on the uh, Malibu card at Santa Anita. Uh, that did not work out uh, too well. Uh, uh, obviously, maybe the mile and a quarter was too much. Uh, I do. I, I, I've been saying I don't have a strong opinion that that'll end in this race. I do have yeah. a strong opinion. I like this horse a lot and I am a huge Moira fan, but you know, I do think it is worthy of note that sh- uh, she is over for four this year. Uh, you know, she came into the year uh, winning uh, what the four for five, four for five, right. And uh, she's been right there, you know, in two grade ones, I get it. And, you know, she's terrific million dollar earner. Uh, nothing to dislike about the horse, but if the uh, if the betting goes the way the morning line goes, I am I would look forward to betting Salima at a higher price than Moira. There is no 
chance in hell these horses are five, two, and three to one. Yeah. Yes. There you I go. Mean, Ruin- nice. That's this Uncle is- Howard ruining my morning or afternoon. Now, thanks, Uncle. There I he mean, goes. Th- th- this, Kyle, these horses are not yeah. seven to five, eight to five. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I mean, they should be somewhat similar, I think. Yeah. And they've got to be both low. I mean, if, <clears throat> right? I mean, it's silly. I agree with oh, you. No, Moira, I mean, Moira, well, uh, Moira is going to take. Do, talk about the Jockey Olympics, though. Do we think it's interesting that Kamora rode Moira the last two races and lands on Chad's horse here? I know that uh, Kamora likes to r- rides for Chad when he ships up to Woodbine. Isn't that the he rides his top, obviously yes. being the top rider at Woodbine? But I mean, Moira is I think it's extremely interesting, Paul. And I know you and I are not ones for jockey gymnastics, but well, I am a little bit. You are a little bit? Okay. Well, because I'm a gymnast. I, I remember when Nadia Comaneci got a perfect 10 in the Olympics. It was very Kyle exciting, doesn't even know so. who that is, Paul. Come on now. How old do you think that guy is? He's Come 24 on, years old. He's like, who's that? Kyle, I forget. Wrong, by the way, I greatly apologize. I'm a, I'm a dinosaur right now. No, <laughs> Nadia Comaneci was, was unbelievable. Um, anyway, Hernandez has written Moira before. Yeah, just yeah. let everyone yes. know. I, I don't think Kevin Atard is like pissed off at Camaro for going to a chat, but he's got to be slightly disappointed. I mean, you want your top guy, which probably is Camaro. Whatever. Either way, they're both serious threats, uh, Kyle, to win this race. Yeah, and I'm with Paul. As uh, we said, you know, uh, you know, the wishy-washy opinions that com- that also completely ends for me in this spot. I love Salima in a spot like this where she's able to sit a kind of a stalking trip outside. At least that's my hope. Obviously, Chad. She is very speedy up front, but I think she does her best running um, behind horses. And this last race at Saratoga will tell you the best. Although she did get a very, very easy trip, it seemed like, in this spot. But Chad's very high on this horse, and Salima looks to sit about maybe not as good of a trip as last time, but a really decent trip in this race as well. Kyle, that's my only very small hesitation is you couldn't get a better trip. This yeah. is basically a paid workout and she does it well. <laughs> and she didn't like blow me away, but it was her first start in quite a while. You'd have to think she's going to improve here. There's really not too much else to add guys. Moira, has she taken a step back? <clears throat> I don't know. I think this race is going to tell if she runs another, you know, 90, 91 and loses to, Salima, I'm going to be, then I think you have to start questioning whether Moira really came back to her form. To me, this is the race ball. It's going to tell if Moira is really that good. I think she even beats the Chad. I'm not sure it's going to happen though. And, you know, again, worthy of note is Moira much better on synthetic. Right. You know, Very she hot. is, over, she is over three on turf, you know, yep. for better or worse. So, We've also got Justify My Love in here, guys, who ran a big race at Indiana. I got to see that again. Is that is, uh, Were you there that day, Kyle? I believe that. Yeah. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, so I, I had to see it again, but she did run a 95 for Paul Lobo, for uh, Bishiza, and then uh, Miss Dracaris, which uh, Kyle's smiling. I had to actually look up what, what's going on with that. Unfortunately, Kyle, do you know what the background there with that name? No, I was laughing at uh, I was I was smiling at the um, the Indiana stuff, but uh, okay, I do not. Uh, Game of Thrones, from what I understand. Yeah, it's that that is correct. Yeah, that, I don't know me. who that is. I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. Sorry, everyone out there, don't hate me. I know Paul is a huge Game of Paul. Who's Mister? By the way, but <laughs> who's Mister Taurus? Paul, do you know? For, for one trillion dollars with three guns to my head, I would not have gotten that. So, Paul, no. there's this show called Game I've never, of Thrones. No, that's all right. We'll, we'll not, for one, not one second of one episode ever. <laughs> uh, somehow none of us are shocked. But no. actually, Correct. I, 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 don't watch, I, don't, I actually didn't watch that show very much either. I'm sure Kyle's checked that out. Anyway, let's get on to the, the King's Play. Let me bring you guys on screen. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this race for a good 10 minutes, guys. The King's Play is always a, a fun race. It's a mile and a quarter. It's got, it's very Kentucky Derby ish. It's a big field. It's a big uh, strat, a big run into that first turn guys. And this year's field is 17. And if people are wondering, well, wait a minute, Howard, what if some horses scratch and maybe it'll be less than 17? <laughs> no, we've got 18 and 19 as AE. So there's going to be, a field of 17 in this race. Lots to talk about. Moyline favorite is 
Kalek. It's pronounced Kalek, guys. The number six, uh, named after a beer, I believe. <coughs> Beth Brown and Kashi Kimura, first time Lasix. These are all Ontario breads. For those of you that are not familiar with the King's Plate, how about $1 million? Always brings in some American horses as well. Let's go ahead and look at our picks on the bottom of the screen. Will we be similar at all? Hard to believe based on what's happening here. Let me put up. I have to actually switch a number before I bring it up. Here we go. Okay. We are quite different in certain ways, and we are similar in certain ways. Paul and Kyle are both going – let me get this off the screen here. Kyle and Paul are both going with the morning line favorite as I scroll through the field, and that morning line favorite is, as I said, number six, Kalek for Chad and Kashi Kimura. Has one nice number at a 90, has been facing some serious American uh, turfers in grade stakes. Paul, let's go to you first. Can this horse get the distance number one, and can this horse rate and win if necessary? Those are my two big questions for Kalik. Yeah, and, and I get the question on the distance because of the Belmont Derby, but I think that's kind of a throwout race. Yeah. You could see in the cut that even just without watching the, the comments, fractious, steady early. I think that race was okay. You know, people are kind of down on Fabridge. They think he might be a little overrated, but he still has come, you know, this was beat Fabridge two back, and Fabridge did come back to win that Belmont Derby and came back to run. I want to say third at Saratoga last yep. weekend or the weekend when we, I think when we were up there, Howard, if I'm not yes. mistaken, yeah. uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the LSU horse, I believe is five yep. minutes, right? Yep. So yeah, again, you know, I know what people are thinking. Of course, Paul took the Chad horse, but I got to tell you, I think obviously any 17 horse race is a very good betting race. I don't think it's a great race talent-wise. I don't know. I don't want to be, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Canada, so don't don't <laughs> hate on me. I, I could, if I had to sing one song cover to cover, I, it would be Oh Canada. I know every word. So I'm a big Canadian fan. Uh, I don't think this, this is, you know, it's not a graded race. It's a restricted stake, as you could see. Uh, of course, it's worth a million dollars, which – it's nice to run in a non-graded million-dollar race, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, I just, I, I just think that yes, uh, I think he can get the distance based on the easy win uh, at a mile and an eighth. Um, and again, while it's very competitive, I don't. There's no one in here that looks. There's a lot of horses to me that look good, uh, maybe bordering on very good. This is no, and I'm not saying this horse is great, but I got a feeling he's better than the rest. So there. Oh, if this horse is five to two, would you bet him to win? I mean, to me, yes. Kalik can really. I wouldn't yes. touch this horse at five to two. To me, in this kind of race, Kyle, you're looking for value, and I understand Kalik can win. I wouldn't touch this horse with my ADW at anything less than five to one, and I know the horse is going to be less than five to one. So I can't. Kyle's like, come on, Howard. I mean, I know he's going to be like yeah. five to two. I just. There are a lot of other – there's other speed. There's other options. We don't know about distance. He's going to be the favorite. I just – I like the horse. I don't like this spot or the odds that we're going to see at all. Look, the, I agree with you with from a value standpoint. In a 17-horse field, you always try to find more value. I like that Kayla's going to get out to the front. I, I agree with you, Paul, that I think the last race is just a complete throwout. Um, could not steady in the gate, and then once he finally got out, just got absolutely slammed and back to the last, which is where this horse never wants to be. So I think the mile and a quarter will be no issue at all. I Like I said before, the the issue of value is always a thing that you throw out there, especially in a field this large. So five to two might be a little rough on this horse, but Kalik is definitely the most likely winner, at least in my opinion. Okay, uh, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Uh, he's a B for me, FYI. Paul, let's talk about the two. I thought the two mm. was very interesting. Now, there are many horses coming out of different races. The Elysian Field is a filly. And for those people that are thinking, well, it's the girls against the boys, do your homework on the King's yeah. Plate. <laughs> Phillies win this race quite often, a lot sure. more. Well, obviously more than the Kentucky Derby and winning colors, etc. But I mean, you, you see girls in this race and win this race. 
a lot more often than the American races. I'm going to show the replay because the horse that finished second to Elysian Field, Wickenheiser, is actually my second choice at a big price. I personally, guys, thought that the Woodbine Oaks, that Elysian Fields coming out of, was actually better than the boys' version uh, the King's Plate trial. And the clock says it also because the leasing field finished slightly, uh, the, the time was slightly, not much, but was slightly better than the boys. This is a Team Valor horse for Cassie and Savachi getting a nice inside cozy trip, Paul, and can save ground. I'll go ahead and show the replay and you can talk about Elysian Field, who's going to be the three here. And the 10, Wickenheiser, is going to be following the three. Go ahead and talk about this horse. Watch the three and the 10 also. And we should note, uh, here we go, the 10 named after the hockey Wickenheisers for you hockey fans out yep. there. Um, Three's in between yeah, and, horses mid-pack. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, and, 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 a, and a bit of a, a mess, right? Uh, that's to kind of wind your way through. Uh, I'm with you, Howard. I, I think that this was a really good prep uh, for this race. You know, I'm, I'm – Talking more about Elysian Fields, uh, but uh, you're going to see Wickenheiser uh, make up some ground too. So you'll see Elysian Fields has tipped out here, I believe. That is, and Wickenheiser uh, is the yellow, just following her. Right. So it's right. It's red cap. It's red cap coming down the middle and yellow cap on the outside. And yeah, I just think this was a good prep for this. Uh, this this uh, Elysian Fields, how it has in a race race this. Field this big. Isn't this a great one of those reverse by key horses for us, yes. Howard? Absolutely. This is definitely a good reverse key back wheel. I'm slightly concerned, Paul, and these are fairly lightly raced horses, but a little concerned with um, the that this horse was wide and sort of coming out there in the stretch. I don't know if she was listening to the crowd or what the story was. She wasn't exactly keeping a straight course. I'm slightly concerned about that, but I like this horse. I think Elysian Field is in good hands. Distance shouldn't be a problem. Uh, hard spun out of a smart strike mare. So at least in field, I like. Let's talk about my top choice, Kyle, who you have in third, and then we'll talk about anyone else, guys. I like this horse quite a bit, and I am fascinated to hear what you have to say. Kyle, the number 11, touch and ride, 12 to 1 morning line. I think he'll drift to down maybe like seven or eight would be just a guess. When you look at this horse, let's talk about the negatives. Mm -hmm. Only two only two races, Kyle. Very lately <laughs> raced horse, the number 11. Never been beyond a mile in the 16th. So we're taking a bit of a flyer, at least I am on top. You've got this horse third. I love the way this horse runs. He's got a big stride. He's by Candy Ride out of Nijan Mare for Chiefswood Stables, who knows how to win this race. And he's tactical. If this horse can get the distance and won't be up too close, Kyle, into a fast pace, I just love everything about this horse except for the inexperience. I don't think distance is a problem. Mm -hmm. And if you're a speed figure guy, this horse is just as fast as Calic with only two lifetime starts. What is there not to like about touch and ride, in my opinion? I mean, I completely agree with you. There's just then then the other side of the inexperience is there's just so much upside to a horse like touch and ride. This is obviously a very tough spot for a horse like the 11. But that last race, I mean, so I were to show you the replay now. I mean, even though it's a maiden race, I mean, the way that this horse just went on with, I mean, just just take a look at it because this is the one thing that'll turn you on to this horse. You'll see he'll follow the one to the inside tip out at the top and just absolutely roll by that one. Like he's for the four to five favorite, might I add for Ellen J yeah. almost just like he's standing still. I mean, it's just, it's very, it's a very impressive visually race, which is I'm, which I know you and I Howard um, look at a lot. I mean, you could just see his stride and he just look really how he reaches, like reaches out, out Kyle. Yep. He reaches out just, I mean, he's blowing by this field again. I know he got a good trip and this horse is okay, but the, he's also faced older horses, Paul, in his two races. Not how much stock you would put in that, Paul, but that's something that I did notice. And even let's just say the older horses aren't maybe as good as the three year olds. You're still facing horses that are older with more experience. You see this three and up. That matters something to me, Paul, do you, do, would you take that in consideration at all in this type of situation? I think it matters less the deeper you go into the calendar year. And Agreed. we're in August now, and he started uh, in July. 
So I, I think it matters, but it certainly doesn't matter as much in July as it does in you know April or May. I, I just look at uh, the price is going to be right. The ninety-one number jumps out, but to go a mile and a quarter, you know, you know, I, I'm just looking at this saying, okay, if we we had a horse going into the Derby in start number three. Uh, trying to go um, uh, eight and a half furlongs to 12 furlongs, how confident would we be? So I, I will say this, if this horse wins, you, you'll get paid and you'll deserve to get paid because it, I think it's a big ask. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to question that. Like I, I have Wickenheiser's second guys. We watched the replay. Look at the breeding. Th this horse wants to run all day. There's a lot of speed in this race. We're going to move on here. I like the eight. I'll let each one of you talk about your third horse if you want very quickly. Then we'll show our picks and let everyone get on their betting day. Paul, who would you like to talk about and why? 17? The 17, yeah. Only because why wouldn't I want to talk about the 17 in a 17-horse race? But, I wonder, you know, oh, I thought it was because of, of Lapenta. Well, it's Lapenta, it's it's Atard, it's Blinkers on. It, you know, again, it, I just talked to you about a horse stretching out, right? You know, this is strictly – you know, a price play that if I do decide to play tries, uh, throwing in the, in the third slot, um, <clears throat> you know, the Nyquist have run okay on turf. It's a Malibu moon mare. Uh, so even though the Huskies only run on turf once, I think that'll be okay. And actually that, that tells me that the distance might be okay too by Nyquist out of a Malibu moon mare, but strictly a price play underneath. Raymond Cromley, no. I've never had a horse personally tell me their <laughs> odds. I'm just sort of guessing. Michael Austin said they're picking the 11. I see a comment at the bottom of the screen. I, I don't know if I should put it on, guys, because I, I don't know about this. If it just happened, it's, um, I'm going to assume that Rodney Evans is telling the truth. Or, or it has a fad. I have to put it up, guys. And if either one of you can maybe look it on the Internet and find out. But according to Rodney Evans, and again, we are filming this right now. It is 11, it is 12.25 Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. But according to Rodney Evans, Cave Rock uh, passed away, which would be just absolutely awful. Very talented horse from last year who was, who was, who was working, and I think working his way back. So we'll have my crack uh, staff there, Kyle and Paul, look into that as I go ahead and talk about moon landing for a second. Moon Landing, uh, you know, certainly Nyquist, Malibu Moon has the right to improve, certainly has a better foundation than some others in here, gets blinkers on. I like that pick, Paul, maybe underneath should be interesting. Uh, Kyle, you want to talk about anyone else? Uh, the 15, maybe? Yeah. Uh, Kalkun Kaipu. Yeah, but they're on the, on the good name train for today. But um, th I, I know the main concern, obviously, with this horse is the distance. Um, coming into the Marine at Woodbine, Faded away a little bit at the end there. He did lug in, I think, is what kind of not necessarily distance-wise what gave it away. Just really dug, uh, lugged in against Turf King, who's a very nice horse. Um, if you look, I looked at the different uh, siblings that uh, Kako Kaipu had, and um, Ballroom of Mars was a horse who ran at a mile and a 16th and a mile and an eighth. at um, Never actually did win, but still ran well at longer distances. So... There's a, a little bit of stuff to like going a little bit longer. The distance is an issue for me, and six to one is definitely not the value I would want on a horse like this, but I still think he could be interesting for minor placings. You, you got to watch these. You got the Marine. You got the Plate Trial. You got the Oaks. I thought the I thought the the girls ran the best race of, in sort of the preps for this race, which is why I like Elysian Field and was it Wickenheiser, I believe. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm not screwing that up. Um it's a great um, race, guys. Any final thoughts? I'm going to go bring everyone full screen. Paul, did we find out more about? Uh, I'm, I have it right now. Yeah, it I looks like it. I see tweets indicating that is it's the case. A statement uh, from Bob uh, Baffert. Um, here come it, all the bad Baffert. The I don't want to get into Baffert, guys. No, I want to end on a positive note. But here come all the comments. Do you have any fact? Do we know for a fact, um, guys? From an established um, from Dr. Vince Baker out in California, after a routine morning exercise on July 28th, 2023, Cave Rock showed signs of colic while cooling out. He was treated and sent immediately to SLR Equine Hospital, and it was um, he had a congenital uh, inguinal hernia, and it just looked like um, it was an irreversible medical condition. Ugh. Wow. Really talented horse that uh, we saw at Keeneland yep. last year, Kyle. And 
listen, we, it's horrible. The horse passed away. I know a lot of us had financial interest in cave rock uh, mm. last year. That didn't work out. Obviously what happened has nothing to do with that. So uh, condolences to everyone. It's a shame. We, we never want to yep. see horses uh, pass away, especially the extremely talented ones. That's, that's a shame guys. Let's show our pick fives here to end the show. The King's plate again, you said you might play trifectas, Paul. I believe they're 20 cent they base are. bet too. So you can spread that trifecta is going to pay. I don't care if it's 20 cent because there's just a lot of horses and a lot of horses that are capable of hitting the board, especially 21. I know just for everyone know our good friend, Drew Coatney of in the money media and BC, BC champ tipped out. I believe the 12 horse uh, in, in the uh, King's plate, who I believe is like 20 to one morning it's line, 30 to one third cool kiss. The number 12 is a horse that Drew Coatney likes. I took a look at him. I thought he could clunk up. I didn't like him to win. But anyway, there's a lot of horses in here that can do some damage. Paul, let's go to your pick five on Sunday, King's Plate Day. This is races six through 10, ladies and gentlemen. Paul's going 2, 5, 7, 11 with 1, 7, 9, with 1, 3, 4, 5, with 7, 8, with 2, 6, 8, 13, 17, it's a $96 bet uh, with a 20 cent base. Paul, quickly go through your, uh, um, not opinions, but your structure here. Yeah, and I'll be honest, Howard, if I had to do it again, and I'm looking at it on the screen, I might single Salima and go even deeper in a few of the other legs. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I, I actually cut the, the horse you mentioned from Drew, he was on my, I was seven deep in that race to start. He was, uh, he was one of the seven. Okay. So. Uh, and and the opening leg, I think I was six deep and cut down a four. So, but yeah, I, I, the the narrow race for me is going to be that penultimate leg and try yeah. to get some prices around it. Yeah, I I think that leg four is the one that you have to. And and Paul and I have talked about this a lot. Kyle, we've talked about it. You guys have talked about it also. It it doesn't really make a lot of sense from a budgetary standpoint to go too deep with a seven to five and an eight to five or somewhere in there. I'm going to plead guilty because you'll see my pick and I'm doing the same thing. But just for everyone at home, Paul, you're really best off taking a stance and going like 10 deep in the king's plate as opposed to five deep. You just have a lot better chance to win money, correct, Paul? Yes, uh, you know, and again, it's it's tempting to do it with in a twenty cent base, but you know, you do want to probably press that up. And I'm I'm seeing a lot of chatter in the chat and on Twitter. Out, lemonitis was the ultimate cause of Cave Rock's death, yeah, and, and you know, and we didn't mention, but you know, huh. took the great art collector just a few days ago. So we uh, about it. I think we did talk about it on the Thursday night show, but. Oh, awful, awful, yeah, awful, just, awful. Uh, just, it's, it's, it's a brutal game. It's a, it's hard enough to get a horse who's running oh. into the winner's circle, let alone God knows what's happening, you know, behind the scenes and, and keeping horses healthy. Kyle, you're going with an $80 20 cent pick five, one, five, seven, 10, 11, with one, five, nine, 10, with one, three, five, eight, 11. Good man, singling, taking, having some balls. He's the only one, three of us, Paul, that's taking a stand. Good, good on you, sir. He's going with the seven Salima singled and then two, six, 11, 13, 80 bucks. I mean, exactly like Paul said, you know, it's trying to find press up my best opinion, as I touched on earlier in the show, which uh, turns out to be Salima. As we talked about, Mora has a little bit of question marks this year. So I'm going to take a stand and go with the Chad in the seventh. But there's many different opportunities for prices all around. So. Um, and like I said, I'd even like to go a little bit deeper in the King's Plate if I could add a few more of those 20 to ones that have a certain chance to win a race like that. But I think spreading, you know, I'm five by four by five by four in the other races. So there's definitely opportunities for prices elsewhere. Here's my ticket. The least expensive of the three. How about that? I'm going $72, 5, 10, 11 with one, two, five, nine with one, four, five with seven, eight. Again, I'd do an A. One would be an A. One of them would be a B. Probably Salima A, uh, Moira B for me. And then I'm going 2, 6, 8, 11, 15 for $72. Again, I many could win the King's Plate. I feel like I have the right five. I've got some prices in there. I do have Kalik, but I'd be against him, at least on the win end for sure. Obviously, he can win the race. And then, again, everyone, race six and race eight, we've got to see who's in and who's out. That could totally change your ticket and whatnot. 
Guys, as I go ahead and bring up the final banner, I like Woodbine a lot. We don't cover it a lot in this show. It has nothing to do with any anything other than they don't always have a lot of stakes necessarily, and it's not a, a track, I think, that a bunch of people watch and bet, but they should because I love the configurations. I got two different turf courses, blah, blah, blah. I personally don't mind the Tapita at all. Final thoughts, guys, as uh, we move on to today's races here on Saturday. Paul, go ahead. Go first. Well, I agree with you, Howard. It's, it's, and as you said, with no Delmar tomorrow, uh, yep. it, there's yep. really no excuse for, for not playing. But, you know, I, I any card like this, you know, I really love to support the, quote, big days, you know, whether it's Pennsylvania Derby Day at Parks or Oklahoma Derby Day at Remington. And, you know, certainly this is one of the big days at uh, Woodbine. And I agree. It is an interesting configuration. You'll note the – the turf course is outside. Uh, the two turf courses are outside the yes. main course, which is unusual. Yeah. Uh, typically in, in the U.S., almost all, I think all of ours, you know, the dirt course will be the outermost course, right? And, uh, uh, Kentucky not, right? Downs. Well, they don't, have, no, they, they, don't <laughs> they don't have dirt. dirt. Thank you for, but thank you for helping. <laughs> Yeah. I, and, and Oakland, the dirt, the dirt course is out at Oakland. That's true. Yeah, that was a pretty stupid so, yes. comment. I'm trying. All the cows, you make any final thoughts? I'm going to think about that. I'm sure you're right, Paul. But we yeah. might, we might. I don't know. There might be some goofy tracks there. At least, around. at least to my young mind, that that speaks to me, Paul. I think you're right on that. But I mean, Woodbine is one of those places for me that there's a there always have big fields. There's always a lot of value to be created everywhere so if you don't play woodbine i would highly recommend and as paul touched on without del mar on sunday there's you know there's that takes out one of the big players so woodbine has their great card howard said hawthorne has a great late pick four that they got going there's many different tracks to play and woodbines definitely should be at the top of your list on sunday Kevin, final thought if you're watching this live gulfstream park does have a mandatory 20 cent pick six payout today if you like gulfstream or you like uh, pick sixes uh, they do have a mandatory payout. And then again, one more time next week, guys, we are covering yep. the Travers and everything going on in New York like a glove. You see on the bottom of the screen, please mark your calendars. Tell everyone about it live. We'll be taking your questions. Jenna Antonucci and Richard Migliori, 730 Eastern this Tuesday, August 22nd. Guys, really appreciate the extra time you're putting in today. Everyone at home uh, appreciates it. Uh please bet the Kings plate for sure, because that is just a flat out fantastic betting race for my co-hosts, Kyle Roscoe and Paul Howard. And this has been Howard Kravitz episode 284 of the HHH racing podcast. Crush your bets at Woodbine tomorrow for Kings plate. Take care, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.